This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, the New York Times, uh, and Jenny Vrentis in particular, uh, have set a high bar for the NFL's investigation into the Deshaun Watson sexual misconduct and sexual assault allegations. Um, they continue to uncover quite a bit of uh, it's a bad look. <laughs> I'm trying to find the one word yeah, that would encompass right. it, but a bad that's look right. keeps getting worse. These optics keep getting worse. Um, they've uh, totaled through their findings 66 women over 17 months at least 66 women, I beg your pardon, over 17 months uh, that Deshaun Watson uh, received massage therapy sessions from. And there's a, a detailed investigation. Hopefully by now you've read the piece in the New York Times. If you haven't, you should. Uh, especially if you're going to listen to conversations like this, you should have done the reading. <laughs> like just yeah. like in school. Yeah, that's Did right. you do the reading? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know. Have you done the reading? Uh, I'm going right. to, there's <laughs> a sign reading and I expect you to have done the reading right. uh, before right. we come to class to discuss it. Right. Uh, yeah. Don't comment unless you've done the reading. Um, and there's a breakdown of the 66 uh, women uh, identified. Um, I guess my question at this point, Michael, before we you know delve into the details about this, the specifics about it is just generally, um, and I've said this the last several times, if not more, that we've discussed this situation. I'd like to think I know how the NFL works. I know you know how the NFL works. Yeah. Um, the NFL is all about optics. Uh, it's all about messaging. It's all about uh, the press release. It's all about public pressure. And because of all those things, Forget about the facts of the case. Because of all those things, I would be surprised if Deshaun Watson were not suspended for at least a year. Uh, and a with year. every additional lawsuit, a season, yeah. a year, a, a calendar year. Wow. With every additional yeah. lawsuit and with every additional report, uh, I feel better and better about that prediction. Um, beyond that, though, when I read the New York Times story, I say, like, if you're the NFL... How long can you afford? And maybe they're so Teflon until the answer is as long as they want. How long can the NFL afford to sit on the sidelines and not do something while they finish out the investigation? Whether that's the commissioner's exempt list, whether that's discipline now with the possibility of discipline later, either once the investigation is fully completed or, or once the trials have completed in another year, whatever the situation is, I wonder how long the NFL could just afford to say no comment. That's one. Two, I wonder if, and I, I know I asked you this question before, I wonder if deep down in places yeah. they don't talk about at parties, how the Browns, do the Browns feel as good about this as they yeah. did when they were doing their so-called yeah. due diligence? Three, not that the Texans are ensnared in this, uh, yeah. giving him a room at the Houstonian, the head of security giving and, him and NDA. an NDA. It's like, wow, this is a Nino Brown situation. Like, if Deshaun Watson is going down, it feels like a lot of people are going to go down with him before it's all said and done. 
So I'll stop rambling. Uh, what was your takeaway? I'm sure you got many. Well, uh, from the New York Times report. Yeah. Uh, tremendous job of reporting as usual by Jenny Brentis. We've had uh, Jenny on the show. And if, if I know you know this, Mike, I'm just saying to the audience, if they don't remember Jenny having her on, you know, she is she is all about the facts. She's all about the information. She is not a hot taker. Uh, she did not come in saying, well, this is what should happen. And Deshaun Watson should be banned. She said we should look at all of the information. And it's easy for her to say we're looking at all the, to look at all the information because she's the one who gathers it at a very high level, puts it all together, puts it into perspective, has done the work, done the interviews. So uh, first thing I want to say is just props to Jenny Brentis for a, a very thorough report. But the second thing uh, you said, number one, how long can the NFL go on with no comments? I think for a little bit longer, Mike, because if I'm going to take the league at its word, this investigation has already begun. It seems like from drips and drabs of what we're able to pick up that there's, let's just say roughly 75, 80% complete with the investigation into Deshaun Watson. So we should be getting close to some type of resolution and information like this doesn't take you backwards. Information like this, uh, presumably information that the league doesn't have did not have if 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 they now, don't have it yeah, yeah go back and check your work but now <laughs> go right but yeah. right right now has yeah. as it has in its yes. possession this is only helpful right so or I, the I new york times now, did it for them or the new york times is right. working for the league you know in another terms of another month they don't have another month would be inappropriate another week Okay, I think that's about it. I think hold on for another week. If they were going, if they were driving towards some conclusion anyway, and now you get some late breaking information that informs what you've already put together, I think that makes it better for the league. But for the Browns, I'm going to answer this question for you. They got to be regrets. They have to be regrets buyer's because remorse. if Deshaun, serious buyer's remorse. It, if you if you come in, if you're saying we're comfortable with Deshaun Watson. Forget about what right. you say, because you might be absolutely right, Mike. It might be a year. It might be a year and a half. I don't know. But you came in saying we've done more research, right? We know everything we've, we've done. We've done more research on this. I'm, I'm and they kept using the word comfortable. We're yeah. comfortable with Deshaun Watson. We're comfortable with our research. We're comfortable with our process. And they were asked a lot of questions at that press conference. And in a lot of these cases, and we talked about it in a joking way the other day. Sometimes when people are challenged, they're triggered certain mm -hmm. certain they questions, and certain words. They get more defiant. They get defiant yeah. and almost um, brazen. Hey, we know you don't. Hey, j just trust. All right. At last time I, I heard something like that. I, I don't have a racist bone in my body. Yeah, yeah right, of right, course. Yeah, right, right. Is, last time yeah. I heard something uh, along those lines, yeah. uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, director of a you know general manager Neil O'Shea was hiring Chauncey Billups. Then after a while, you know he was kind of pushed to the side <laughs> because yeah. they looked into they weren't looking into Chauncey, they were looking into him. But it was almost like his approach was, "Hey, trust us." Okay, I, we yeah. commissioned people to do this. Trust us. Cleveland Brown well, said they had all the information, and since they said that, more information has come out. So did you have this? Right. You got to take take your pick. You had this information. Before right. Jenny Brentis and you ignored it. That's a bad look or well, you didn't know. 
I remember saying so that, 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 that the right. day of that press conference. I remember saying that African proverb: "Not to know is bad. Not to wish to know is worse." You know, and so if the if the object of the exercise, Michael, is to win the Super Bowl, and the best way to win a Super Bowl is to have a elite level quarterback, so that's good for business. Is to win that elusive Super Bowl, right? Right. right. What is this type of PR? What is this type of scandal? This feels like the opposite extreme. This feels like it's bad for business. Like at the end of the day, Super Bowl or not, is it worth it? Is I think a question that the Browns have to be asking themselves. They have to be because it because they're because they're getting beat up way too much. Re- lawsuit by lawsuit, report by report, they're getting beat up way too much. And Deshaun Watson, the closest he's come to facing the music, is quoting rap lyrics. Yeah. So that's not a good look. You know what I'm saying? No. Like that 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 doesn't help his cause, okay? Um but going back to the league, you you know, the league is great. We saw it with Daniel Snyder. The league is great at saying, "Hey, trust us." Trust us. Oh yeah, we don't don't worry. Don't, nothing else to see here. We did our work yeah. and we're comfortable with a 10 million dollar fine and and his wife's going to run the show when it comes to Daniel Snyder. You know, I I I think the the tolerance for for that lack of transparency is 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 running out uh, for a lot of people when it comes to the NFL. Do they have to? Do they have to adjust their way of doing business? They probably think they don't. As long as they keep getting billions of dollars to broadcast their product, and once the games start, once training camps start, once fantasy drafts start, maybe they're all assuming that people are just going to turn the page. And maybe they're right about that. Maybe that calculation is correct. But in the meantime, in between time, I just don't know how. People can continue to just kind of like shrug their shoulders. At this. Yeah, you know, and by people, I'm talking about the league office in particular. The league office, who is all about image. That's what I'm talking about when I say people. I think when the Cleveland Browns, you know, kind of look at the ceiling at night and just think about the the, the progression of this relationship and where they could have jumped off, where they could have said no thanks. I, I, I think there's some really haunting moments, and maybe the moment. It really gets Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski is the one where Deshaun Watson initially said, no, thank you. No, thank you. You're out of the running because all these teams are coming to right. the Texans saying, hey, we got somebody. Hey, here's our offer for Deshaun Watson. Right. Here's our offer. Right. One just, and one Deshaun just got a chance to pick. Let's not forget. One just he got a chance to yeah. pick. He didn't pick them and they didn't take no for an answer. And they went back right. in and they fully guaranteed his contract. It was about the money. It was all about the money. That's why oh, yes. he picked Cleveland yes. over the other ones. Yes. And so, so when they when they when they think back, do they say, "Wow, why did we? Why didn't we just take that no? Why didn't we just take that?" We will talk about no? regrets. No, we wouldn't be Super Bowl contenders right now, but we're still not going to be Super Bowl contenders uh, this year because we're not well, going to have Deshaun Watson for. X amount of games. We know that. But Michael, the Tex- the Texans went four and twelve with him leading the league in passing. Okay. But right. in terms of regrets, just to go back and how this all and this has been pointed out quite a few times. This is this has gone away if not only had Deshaun Watson settled, but remember why he didn't settle initially? You remember why? He did not want, ironically, the NDA. Ironically, he did not want the NDA. Yeah. Yeah, like it would have been settled, but for his insistence on not having the standard non-disclosure agreement. There's a lot more to the story beyond the, the sheer number of masseuse uh, encounters that the New York Times identified. There's also the uh, the correspondence 
between Rusty Harden and the prosecutors who yeah. did not right. criminally indict him. Which, yes. whether or not that, that that's typical, whether or not that that's what Deshaun Watson paid for when he hired Rusty Harden, I'm setting that aside for a second. Yeah, I'm just trying to bring I'm trying to bring my point full circle and and, and stay as focused as I can without being all over the place. Again, the level of um, of proof, obviously, it's you know preponderance of evidence uh, yeah. when it yeah. comes to civil liability as opposed to beyond a reasonable doubt for criminal liability. Mm -hmm. Whenever these 24 cases run their course, each side will have their side, their, their opportunity to disclose their truth. And the court of public opinion, the jurors in the court of public opinion have an opportunity to further determine if they haven't already what they believe actually transpired in these massage therapy sessions. Okay. My point though is in the meantime, there is no way for anybody to step back and say that they can definitively say what did or didn't happen. I need for all the people out there who are convinced that this is some kind of wide ranging conspiracy to like settle step. Take a step back. Have a seat. Take a step back. Okay. And check yourself. No more than those same people will tell you that he was not criminally indicted. So you cannot proclaim his guilt of criminal activity. If he was not criminally indicted, that's correct. But you can't sit here and keep reading all this stuff and just saying, oh, that's just the mainstream media trying to take it, take him down. Or that's just a bunch of gold diggers yeah. trying to trying to get a payday. It's like the truth is elusive right now. What we do know is this is messy. This is ugly. This is dirty. And this is a bad look for all parties involved. Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns, the Houston Te Texans and the NFL and the NFL is going to always err on the side of PR. Not right, not wrong. They're not going to be at the forefront of doing what's right. They're, they're going to be the, the right. again, like we always like to say, they're the Avengers, not the Prevengers. Okay. Right. And the more stuff like this comes out, I just have a hard time believing that they're not going to come out, come down hard. And Mike, I, I think just in the, you know, speaking of transparency, and it's hard to get it uh, from either side right now because who has they're, they're trying to win a case. Every, yeah, everybody's trying to win a case. So Rusty Harden's right. trying to. Know when this case and Tony Busby is trying to, you know, give you more information to make uh, uh, to just to confirm his position, his premise that Deshaun Watson. Right. Uh, has That's a what I mean by here. credibility. I'm yeah. not talking about the accusers right. as much as I'm talking about the people who I are talking it. in the court of yeah. public opinion. Yeah. Right. Right. But what right. I would like to know, what I would like to know, just just kind of push this aside and say, all right, Deshaun, why why so many massage therapists over a year and a half period? I mean, th that's unusual. And, and I think the truth that uh, uh, his statement there will give us some, if he told the truth there, we'd have insight about what this is about. Why didn't the Texans ask own, that question? Did the Texans themselves ask that question? Right. Yes. When they, when they hooked question. up the room, great why didn't the Texans ask that very question? Ask. Like you got y'all got facilities. It, I mean, they, should, it is, they probably knew a lot more than they're leading on. It is so unusual, not just for professional athletes, for obvious reasons, I mean, professional athlete. You know, you've got you've got things to do. You, you're trying to get yourself ready for the season uh, for the games. And so you don't trust a lot of people with your food, with your uh, with your training, with who's in your ear. You don't really bring in a lot of people because you got a job to do. And this is a billion dollar industry. So why? Why? Why are you reaching out to so many people on Instagram? That's what I want to know. 
because I think that kind of opens up the story. I don't know if he really has a good answer for that. Most people, most professional athletes don't bring a lot of people in, Mike. How about most people, though? You get somebody who can, you know, hey, you got a bad back or your shoulder or whatever. Sure. You got somebody who's really good. You go you usually go back to them if you're only thinking about the above board service that they're providing. At, at minimum, it's unusual or even weird. At worst, it's predatory, like yes. we talked about yesterday. Yes. Again, mm -hmm. I don't think the league punishes for that reason. I don't think the league tries to figure out what his motivations were. I don't know that the league is actually trying to figure out if he committed some kind of criminal activity. This at this point is as simple as optics and day by day. These optics get worse. It's really that simple. I, the, the facts for the NFL from the NFL's perspective. I don't believe the facts matter and rarely do they. It's just what they can get away with doing or not doing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And I'm going to be as clear as I can. Well, hell, what you That's it. Wait a minute. Well, hold on. That's what Jerry Ron Green was doing. During the 80s, he got knocked the f out. See, but that's a whole difference. That's, the, that's, that's a difference in our you. basketball. Yeah, yeah. Our okay. basketball okay. is different. And, you know, what, one thing that baffles me about the 80s or the 90s or whatever you want to call when basketball was so much more physical is some of the guys that be talking weren't the guys that was punching people. You know, like... <laughs> Like they 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 act like you know guys was just walking around the court like I'm hit I'm hitting this guy in the nose. There were a few guys back then that would lay you out, that would knock you out, that would foul you and get thrown out the game. Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn, but everybody running around acting like they were that. Y'all were getting bullied, like like, and so it baffles me when every guy just because they played in the '80s, uh, just because they played in the '90s. It's like, man, if you played in our day, you get knocked out. Like, no, nah, not really, because it wouldn't be you. So, okay, you saying Rick Mahorn would have knocked me out. Rick Mahorn probably knocks you out. Like, Bill Lambeer probably lays you out. So were there enforcers of that time? Of course. Would they have knocked you out? Of course. Their fine was also $2. Like, you know, it's just not the same day and age. If I go knock somebody out, I probably get fined a million dollars. It's just, it just don't work the same. And so, you know, when guys get to making these comparisons or talking about, oh, if you played in this day and age, like, yeah. And if you played in this day and age, you would have had to be way more skilled than you were. And it's, it's, it's just different, you know? Like comparing, um, comparing the physicality to the game and everybody acting like they were just the most physical and brutal enforcers. It's like everybody acting like they shoot the ball like Steph Curry today. You know, it's like then it was physical. Now it's shooting. Everybody can't shoot the ball. Imagine me in 20 years like, man, if you played in my day, you had to shoot. Like, like, like yeah, guys did shoot better and more. But that don't mean you shot that well. Like, 
And so it just baffles me when guys get out here talking and they ain't got, you know, we got YouTube and they, you can pull up them highlights and they ain't got no YouTube fights. Like, you see them on the court getting bullied, but they talking about you where got punched in the face. These people be killing me. Y'all enjoy y'all day. Thanks a lot, Draymond. <laughs> These generational wars never get old, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know it's great. You know, look, uh, two people who, who uh, are not afraid to share their opinions, Cedric Maxwell, Celtics great, Celtics Hall of Famer, and Draymond Green, uh, soon to be Warriors Hall of Famer and probably Basketball Hall of Famer when he's all said and yeah, done. Yeah. Mark Spears, yeah. Basketball Hall of Famer for Manscaped. So what do you make? How do you untangle this? Because... Cedric Maxwell said one thing. Draymond took it a lot of different places. What do you think? I, I, I wish I would have followed up by asking him who exactly he was speaking of. And I think he would have told us. He's, he's a pretty honest guy. Um, I guess he looked up Max and hasn't found any video of Max beating anybody down or clotheslining them, right? Uh, so it, it's funny. I saw something with Jay Billis the other day kind of mentioning the same thing about how basketball is the only sport where you – you talk about that. You don't hear anything about, boy, if Ray Nitschke was playing today <laughs> or Dick Buckner's <laughs> play today, which I thought was a great analogy. But, like, basketball seems to be the only one where you, you know, often compare eras. I, I guess baseball does it a little bit. Um, but, you know, Draymond is certainly a throwback. He is somebody I think yeah. would have uh, very much thrived in the, in the 80s or, or any level. Um, he just uh, also quietly has one of the best basketball IQs that I've ever seen covering this league. So he's, yeah. he just uh, he's quotatious, as Shaq would say, and <laughs> always always a pleasure on a hot topic. Every press conference is a mini podcast. He's just building his brand one soundbite at a time. I think I think the soft. Let's just use you know for purposes of alliteration, the soft uh, for today's generation is the equivalent to the skill or lack thereof for yesterday's generation. Today's generation yeah. gets triggered by the idea that they're not as physical, that they're not as tough, whereas the older older players get triggered by the idea that they can't, they don't have the skill that today's players have. And I think neither is true, which is why yeah. no, neither neither party is wrong. You know, yeah. was the was it more cost prohibitive yeah. to fight back well, in the day? One, was fighting more commonplace well, back in wrong. the day? Who's wrong in this case? You talking about Cedric versus Draymond? Uh, versus Draymond? Draymond. Draymond acts like he t- he mentioned YouTube. Watch it. You got a YouTube promo behind you. Like Cedric Maxwell last night actually brought out brought receipts. Like what's he talking about? One of my showed his teammate Robert Parrish punching Bill Lane Beer in the face. Like Maxwell. Like it's almost as if Draymond Green doesn't know who Cedric no. Maxwell is. No, I don't. I don't think that's what he's saying, though. Here, here, this are, this, I, I think What's he it saying? was about the. I, well, he's. I don't think he's saying nobody fought back in the day. Like y'all was soft and we're tougher than y'all. I think he's the idea that Draymond was pushing back. Spears, is that the idea that Draymond would have gotten knocked out? Basically, what Cedric Maxwell is saying is Draymond would have gotten knocked out. Draymond is taking offense to that, being like, somebody knock. So ain't nobody knocking me out today or yesterday. Like you, you ain't that hard to be telling me that I wasn't hard enough to handle my business back in the day. I think it's more of a personal affront to Draymond, the idea Maybe. that he could not have gone toe to toe with the people who did fight more back Except in the day. His yeah, they fought more back in the day. His references were a little, his references were off and not surprisingly regional. 
No, Rick, like Draymond was born in 1990. So this is where I'm going to pull rank when I, I've seen it all. So I saw it. Like I, I saw 80s basketball. If, if, if I, I can remember it like yesterday. He didn't see it. He didn't see it mm-hmm. live. So it kind of it's not really landing right, right because he, he, he sounds just, like somebody he, who is he could have just said ain't nobody Spears. He could have just left it at quite have the whole ain't nobody. He could have just left it at this is what Draymond was trying to say. I'll simplify it for Draymond. Wasn't nobody knocking me out then. Just ain't as nobody ain't knocking me out right now. That's what basically. You know, what, you know what one point he made that I think is interesting too is uh, the fines. Certainly, way right. different now, and, and I do yeah, think that that right. plays a huge role in what it's you can and cannot acceptable. do. Yeah, I mean, uh, if Draymond did what he did to LeBron James in the '80s, he wouldn't have got suspended a game. No, that that, that definitely wouldn't have happened. He, he would have played the next game, and he probably wouldn't even have gotten kicked out of that game. It, it, it's just a different time. And uh, I also think that I, I agree with you. Like, shoot, Larry Bird was skilled. There was a lot of skilled players back then. Um, the small forwards at that time, the guards at that time. Shoot, we could even go back further how skilled Bob Cousy was, Right. Yeah, yeah. In terms of his ability to pass, Piss him love and, the Bob Cousy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's I, I, do, I do think that if Draymond played in the '80s, he would have gotten a lot of fights for sure. Right. And he probably you held know, his own. But yeah. but so, Draymond yeah. also is smart enough to allow. He, he's going to take advantage of as much as they allow him to. So after the previous yeah. game in which he said. You know, they give me leeway. They're going to let me do what I want to do, and I earn that. I bet you he's smart enough to rein it in a little bit tonight because he knows these refs coming in might have a little chip like, oh, man, you said all yeah. that stuff the other day. Now we can't give you any leeway. That's right. So let's get into let's get into tonight before we let you go. Uh, how did the Celtics punch back? What did the Celtics need to do? I mean, let's say they have no, no real answer for Steph Curry other than hoping that he misses some of these shots. What can they realistically do uh, to take uh, control of this series? I, I think when they slow the game down, it's to their benefit. They're, they're, they look better. Um, they had more control of the game. And I also think they have to be better in the fourth quarter. The one thing that they seem to be missing to me, which I think is, is flawed on their roster, is the Warriors can use every piece of their roster, every player and they can make an impact. I don't think Boston's bench is like that. It's thin, and because of their injuries with Robert Williams and such, uh, smart, like I, I think the bench is certainly failing them in a lot of ways outside of the top nine, right? Um, but they don't have that. Like one thing when Kobe and Shaq were playing, I think was amazing for that team, is they had guys like Brian Shaw and Rick Fox and Ron Harper, guys that could be a Dennis Eckersley, uh, which that reference works for both teams, actually. Like, close yeah. the game yeah. for them. The same way Sam Cassell would close the game for them and, and P.J. Brown in 2008. They don't really have that veteran guy. I guess Al Horford, but not from a guard position. And I think that's something they certainly lack. So they're just going to, you know, don't one thing is don't let Draymond get under your skin, play basketball, slow it down. But ultimately, the main thing is, Hey, the Mamba mentality that Jason Tatum loves, he's going to have to use it. He's going to have to find it. 
And I, I, I wonder sometimes, does he know how talented he is? Like, I think he could score literally at any time. But I haven't seen him just say, you know what? The hell with it. I'm just going to take over this game and I'm going to score 50. Like, take over the game mentally like a Luca or a Jimmy Butler would. He has the talent to do it, but he hasn't enforced his will. And in order for the Celtics to win this series, I think he has to enforce his will the rest of the way. Yeah, he's, he's shooting 31% for the series uh, from the field. Not great. Uh, who do you like tonight, quickly? Oh, I like him to split, but I see the Celtics losing tonight to the Warriors. But going going back right. to Golden State split. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Thank you. All right. All right, Mark Spears. Take care, brothers. Spears could have held his own in any era, too. Spears would have been knocking people out back in the day. Just like he is, just like he is now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, as we talked about at the top of the show, uh, the optics of the Deshaun Watson scandal just get worse and worse uh, by the lawsuit and by the report, the latest from the New York Times. At least 66 women over a 17-month period, they've identified... Um, more of whom have uh, chilling testimonies, some of whom uh, decided not to sue. Um, but nonetheless, uh, have shared accounts of, anonymously shared accounts of uh, sexual assault and sexual misconduct. It's time for Real Talk by Capital One. Who better than the, the, our friends from Yahoo, Charles Robinson and Shalice Young, to help us unpack the latest in these Deshaun Watson developments. Um, Charles, I'll start with you from an informational standpoint uh, and what's been the response from your league sources. Uh, not just, I think since we last talked to you, there might have been two lawsuits filed or at least one lawsuit filed since we talked to you on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. It all kind of yeah. runs together. And obviously, yeah. the, the Times report came out yesterday evening. What's been the reaction uh, from your league sources close to this situation and even just those that are observing it from afar? Well, first and foremost, um, what's interesting to me is the, I had a chance to talk to some other teams that were in the running for Deshaun Watson mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they're honestly thrilled to not be in this situation right now. Like I think they are um, feeling relieved that this is not them um, thrust in the middle of this, the way the Cleveland Browns have been. However, what I think is interesting is there seems to be a little bit of shock in what's transpired this week. And it led me to believe a little bit like, okay, well, you know, everybody says they did their due diligence here. So, A, did you not do enough due diligence to at least gather enough information like the New York Times has? And B, um, if you didn't do it, did the Cleveland Browns do enough due diligence? Like, is this something that the Browns um, are, you know, feeling surprised at at this point? Um, I wouldn't say, you know, th that they'd be reeling or anything. I mean, they know that they're, they're in this situation with Deshaun, so they put their heads down and they move forward through it. Um, but I think from a league standpoint, there's a there's a very important um, question kind of hanging in the balance as far as the league probe goes. And that is, 
are they surprised at what has come out since Roger Goodell said um, at the, the last owners meetings, we're wrapping up here, uh, made it sound like they're turning the corner on the, on the Deshaun Watson investigation. There was a, a decision forthcoming. Are they now surprised by the information that's come out, real sports interview, two lawsuits, um, and then the New York Times report that, that filled in a lot of detail, a lot of alleged detail about Deshaun Watson and his, um, these alleged encounters. Are they surprised by that? Or they've spent 15 plus months on this investigation. They're a multi-billion dollar corporation. It stands to reason that they should already know all this information, that they, they are not incapable of doing the work that um, Jenny Vrentis, fantastic reporter for the New York Times did. And by the way, the individuals who are leading the probe um, for, for the NFL. These are, these are lawyers, these are former prosecutors, a former prosecutor. Um, these are individuals who know how the legal system works. They know how to get to information, depositions, all things that are available. If they know all yeah. of this, then the league yeah. can feasibly continue forward on the timeline of trying to make some kind of a decision. If they don't know what has come out this in, in the past week in particular, I don't know how yeah. that wouldn't elongate their, their investigation. I don't know how you can make a decision when things are still unfolding. Well, but Shalise, having said all of that, process is ongoing. Uh, and look, we talked to you before this report came out yesterday. So one, mm -hmm. obviously your overall reaction to Jenny Rentis's reporting in the New York Times, but specifically, we talked about this earlier. How long can the league continue to just say it's ongoing, it's ongoing without doing something, even if it's exemplist, if it's discipline, while the investigation continues or, or what have you like how, how long can the league just stand by and say no comment while Deshaun uh, posts Instagram stories. Uh oh. Oh, I think she's on mute. Sorry about that. Hey, but that's a great that's knew, great zooming right there simple. on your part. That's, that's, I know it was discipline simple. zooming. Yeah. She looked down, um, said mute, and then there it is. Yeah. All of my kids are home because now they all have COVID. So I had to. Oh, I'm sorry. You know. Oh man. <laughs> um, anyway, they, first of all, Jenny's a badass. We have to tip our cap to Jenny Rentis and the work that she's doing. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Jenny knows more than the Browns. Um, I think the Browns wanted an answer and did what it took to reinforce the answer that they were looking for, if that makes sense. You know, they said at that introductory news conference, we believe in Deshaun the man and they talk to people close to him. Well, of course, people close to Deshaun are going to, you know, talk about, oh, he's such a great guy and look at the charitable work he's done and da 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 This behavior, it's there's a clear pattern here. There's a clear pattern here. And it seems like by the women that we've seen that we know are the victims, he was preying on black women, which is makes it even more disappointing to see, you know, one of the screenshots yesterday that we saw in the New York Times story was him trying to really get this woman to rearrange her whole day to meet with him and say, oh, just trying to support black businesses. Like these women don't have enough going on in their lives and it's not hard enough to start a small business. Then you have him, you know, kind of throwing it in your face and trying to manipul manipulate you that way. It, the league has to do something. You know, I, I, I think, you know, Charles wrote about it today um, or last night in a story that's up now at Yahoo. The language of the commissioner's exempt list is if you may have done these things. And it seems like we are now in May territory. Like he may have done things that put people into harm. 
you know, it falls into their purview of going on commissioner's exemplist, he'll still get paid. But clearly there's a lot more that's coming out in terms of, you know, we're now at two, two more in the last week. Who knows if there's more to come with him. As you said, he's posting on Instagram, like song lyrics, like, oh, I'm not stressed or whatever the case may be. More women might step forward and say, you know what, buddy, you think this is a joke? Okay. And, and deal with it and keep adding that number could keep going up. Something too to add to what Shalise just said. Um, if you read the New York Times report, we, we've talked about this on the show before. I'm here in Houston, okay? And I know there are top end litigators who have told me, listen, the group is not contained to those who have filed suits against Deshaun Watson. There are other individuals out here that feel like they could file suit. They feel like they could become involved in this, but have not for personal reasons. And I think it was interesting mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm not gonna flag exactly who it was, but there, there was one quote in there from an anonymous source that I'm fairly certain I know who that is. Um, mm -hmm. And I know a high-end end litigator, and I've talked to this high-end litigator going all the way back to March of last year. And he said to me, look, this is a very successful um, woman in this, you know, she has a business, she's very, she does not want to bring any bad attention to her business. She doesn't want to, she just does not want to get involved with everything else that comes along with this. But yes, she definitely has a problem with the interaction that she ultimately had with him. And he said to me, I don't think she's alone. I think there are other individuals who have made a similar decision. So absolutely this could expand. And as from right. a league standpoint, I will tell you this straight up from, from speaking to people who are like right on top of this, the league absolutely unequivocally wants to make some element of a decision before training camp kicks off. Like at, whether that's exempt list, whether that's having this go to the disciplinary arbitrator, if they feel like, hey, this, these are facts we've already known. We already have interviews for this. We already, you know, we've already gathered all the data on this. We feel like we can continue to move forward. I truly believe the NFL wants to make sure there is some element of movement on their part prior to training camp um, beginning. And let's not forget, there's nothing saying that if there is some sort of judgment rendered now, that in the future, if facts and circumstances change, if there's something else right. that the NFL says, well, that's new. There's nothing that changes them revisiting a, a new mm -hmm. element of punishment or whatever. So it's not, right. this, this isn't like right. a hall pass. Once it's done, oh, it's all tied. done. Right, right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not limited. Well, but Mike, real quick, I know you want to jump in. I was just going to, uh, I had it right in front of me what Charles was referencing. So among the 66 women, at least 66 identified by the New York Times, it's of course the 24 who have filed suit. A woman who sued but then withdrew the complaint because of privacy and security concerns. Two women who filed criminal complaints but did not sue. Uh, there's of course the 15 who issued statements of support for Watson uh, at the request of his lawyers. Uh, four therapists from Genuine Touch, a massage therapy group contracted by the Texans. Uh, five women identified by the plaintiff's lawyers during their investigation. And at least 15 other women whose appointments with Watson were confirmed through interviews and records reviewed by the Times. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I'm just curious uh, from, from both of you, Charles and Shalise, just what you think about the relationship and the, the culpability uh, of the Houston Texans, relationship between Watson and the Texans. Because... We've get we've all gotten to the point where we just we kind of passed the hey Deshaun Watson signed with uh, signed an extension with the Texans, then he kind of soured on them because they didn't inform him about the general managing process. So we kind of put that aside. But if you read this report, the Texans set him up with the hotel at the Houstonian. 
the Texans are the one who provided him with the NDAs. So that seemed to be like they were on the same page. They were aligned there. <laughs> then they kind of broke off. I'm just wondering one. How did that relationship sour? Is it deeper than we thought? And two, because the Texans provided the NDAs, are the Texans going to be roped right back into this thing when they thought they had already said goodbye to, uh, to Deshaun Watson and his problems? So at least you want to take that, or I'll take. <laughs> you can. Spoken. I mean, you know uh, more about uh, NDAs, and it, it's definitely a bad <laughs> look for the Texans. But it seems like the last three years has been nothing but bad looks for the Texans. So I, I spoke to the Texans um, yesterday night, and. Um, Essentially, uh, the way that the NDA came about, okay, was that Deshaun Watson had raised that one of his now accusers, a woman who has filed suit, um, had gone on Instagram and, and put his number and some cash app receipts out there, as was described in the Times, and said, I could expose you. So he raised this with the, the head of team security. And now I don't know what the, the nature of that conversation was, but Deshaun said in a deposition, he was then furnished the next day with an NDA from the head of team security. Um, he then attempted to use or began employing that NDA moving forward in some of these massage sessions. So that that's where the NDA end of it comes about. And I'll tell you what the Texans reaction you know, was to that. Um, secondly, the Houstonian, um, that's something that's been a matter of record for a while now, really since the initial lawsuits were filed, the Houstonian got named as a location in a couple of these situations. And from what I was told, that hotel was initially, that room was initially set up um, for Deshaun or potentially other players in instances of positive COVID infections where they would have to quarantine themselves. Now it's clear, talking to the team, that Deshaun was continuing to use that hotel room um, and that, as the time stayed, at least seven women um, had massage encounters with them at, at that hotel room. Now, when I spoke to the Texans, they said, look, the bottom line is they gave me a statement on this, but it was, before March of 2021, we we did not know about these allegations. We didn't know this stuff was going on. As soon as it hit social media, at that point, we were like, well, what the hell? And they moved into like, what exactly happened here? What is going on? And I think they would say privately, and you know what, they would probably, they might try to contradict this publicly, but I feel very confident that privately, looking back on everything, knowing how the NDA situation unfolded, that they, are like, should we have done a little more due diligence on why this thing was happening on Instagram with Deshaun Watson? We probably should have done a little more due diligence. Like, in obviously, in this whole situation, we probably should have been doing a little more due diligence. Now, do I think they will admit that publicly? No, I absolutely don't. But I absolutely 100% believe that is a, a, a thought process in that organization. The thing that's, you know, going to Deshaun's behavior and his pattern, it wasn't just this woman who you know tried to on Instagram said I could expose you. There was another woman, according to the New York Times story, who said to him, "Dude, what are you doing? You could lose everything." So he had been mm -hmm. he had you know been warned, so to speak, by at least two women that you're tiptoeing into really dangerous territory here. What are you doing? You should get it together. And he kept charging ahead. It's this whole story just it surprised. It's crazy, but it shouldn't surprise me, but it does. <laughs> you know, it's like Charles and I were were messaging last night. We just, it reinforces, and, and you guys have been in the business long enough, we just don't know these athletes that we cover. We think we do, but we no. know what they want us That's to right. know. Amen. You know who I, Amen. you don't know, so you know right. who I don't want to know? I don't want to know anything else about. <laughs> I don't want to know what he thinks. 
I don't want to know how he feels. I don't want anything about his values. No, and uh, let's stay with this theme of bad looks. Here's Jack Del Rio. Yeah. You want to talk about it? I'd talk about it with anybody. Yeah, no problem. I, at any time. But, uh, but they're not. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question, really. Did I? Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're going to talk about it, why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about it. We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for, I'm for us, you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Uh, like I said, every way, every which way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. Um, so there's Jack Del Rio. It's a little wait, dust wait, up. Wait, listen, it was a dust up. Okay, listen. There's a lot of places to start. Just for, just for context purposes. Hold on, just it, okay. for context. Just for context. Hold on, hold on, y'all. Just for context. The original tweet was would love to understand the quote unquote whole story about the summer of riots, looting, burning, and the destruction of personal property is never discussed, but this is. And he was asking why January 6th needs to be investigated, but summer of 2020 post George Floyd does not. That was on Twitter. So that was him you just heard doubling down on the dumb. Go ahead, Charles. First off, it is remarkably insensitive and just completely tone deaf to call what happened on January 6th a dust up. First off, individuals yeah. lost their lives, okay? Mm -hmm. And yeah. following that, a number of people lost their freedom, okay? Mm -hmm. um, the Capitol was invaded, property was destroyed, you had politicians that had to be ferried out of the way of danger, okay? Like, it, it's, it's, it honestly, it reeks of an individual who either does not want to know the truth about what actually happened. And there are documentaries with body cam footage of uh, officers, okay, right? Blue Lives Matter, right? Officers who were dragged, beaten, killed, okay? That is out there. It exists, okay? And it's mm -hmm. frustrating mm -hmm. to hear someone who is on a powerful platform who all he has to do is be knowledgeable, decides I'm going right. to call it a dust-up when it dust most up. certainly was not in fact. And by the way, he is comparing something well, that in terms of the riots, he's comparing something that our, our country, our history, we have had a history of social, I would say, um, exhaling through riots, through a, a breaking point in emotion, okay? We have never had, not in, since the 1800s, we have never had the republic, right. democracy, threatened, yeah. attempt, yeah. and, and by who? By stoked by a U.S. president, a sitting U.S. president right. at that time, who, by the way, was directing the violence toward his own vice president. So look, 
Let's do it. This, let's do it this way. Let's. There's so many problems. Let's all just pick one. So Charles's problem is downplaying the insurrection to a dust up. I know what my problem is, but uh, Shalice, you go next. Pick one problem to identify among the many <laughs> that this perfect fit for the commander's organization. He is a perfect fit in Washington, by the way, uh, the, with this organization. What's your problem that you want to point out? The problem I'll point out is him saying, let's use the same scenarios or whatever. The, the thing is, it's the involvement of black people. That's what he is not yeah. saying. If there had been black people who descended on the Capitol with violence, oh, they wouldn't have got chanting, that close. They, we wouldn't oh, have got yes, that close. <laughs> of course, one hundred percent. There would be they'd right. still be cleaning up the blood of black people off, off the Capitol steps. Yeah. But this is the difference, like the the equating of property, right, to human life. There were people, right. as Charles said, there were people who died on January sixth. A and right. B. The, the protests in 2020 were because a man was literally choked to death under the knee of a police officer for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Right. You sat there and called a dust up because people that look like you got in their feelings about an election because they didn't like the results of an election. None, you know, it, mm. Okay, I could go on forever. So that's mine. Go ahead. No, that, I mean, but that, that that was that was that was mine. Mine was the false equivalency. Yeah. Like again, there are many. Like reducing yeah. the darkest day, one of the darkest days in this country's recent memory, to a dust up is offensive on so many levels. But I guess we know what Jack Del Rio's next career path is going to be. He's going to be a Republican candidate for Congress because those were like like blue like like front page Republican talking Listen. points equating an insurrection to a riot that the violence around those riots was completely overstated and overblown. The destruction, the amount of property that was destroyed was completely overblown, yeah. all in an effort to blow as loud as possible a racist dog whistle. Jack Del Rio told on himself by doubling down on that dumbass tweet. He told exactly yeah, what he thinks you know about what? this country and about black people. And the last thing I'll say, Michael, is if he's entitled to his opinion, I'm entitled to mine. And in my opinion, if the NFL is actually serious about its image, if it's actually serious about somewhat possibly coming close to atoning to its sins against Colin Kaepernick and those that dare to protest against police brutality against black people, if you want to put in racism in the end zone and it takes all of us, Jack Del Rio should be writing a check for a big ass fine, if not suspended for himself, because that's inflammatory, problematic, offensive language that he used, and he is representing not only an NFL organization, but the National Football League, and that cannot go unpunished what he just said, in my humble opinion. Michael, you, your turn. Yeah, and, and you know, here's the other thing. You guys have all said it so well. I mean, we can, we can really do a whole show or a couple of shows on this, but it's one, the technique too, the technique that he used, and you guys have heard this when you have let's these have a, let's have debates with people that, that aren't really debates. <laughs> hey, I'm just asking the question. No, you're not yes. just asking the question. You've yes. got a way. You've got yes. a path that you want to go. You've got right. an answer already. I'm just throwing out there. No, you're not. No, you're not. You've got right. somewhere you think Michael, this should Michael, go. Michael, let me, let me interrupt you for one second. One second. You said, I remember you said this. You said, you asked somebody, is, was the election stolen? And depending on the answer, you can't have a, a that's conversation it. with that's them. It. You can't that's even it. talk Go to them. There is no discussion to be had with Jack Del Rio. You think the election was stolen? Okay, good. All right, thank you. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Okay, I'm out. Right. <laughs> I'm, out. Right. I'm not even going to have the right. conversation. But the, here's the thing, and I love this. 
That had nothing to do with race. He said that. It had nothing to do with race. There Which was a Confederate flag. There was a race. Confederate flag. <laughs> there were multiple at the Capitol on January 6th. There were police officers who testified that they were called the N-word constantly throughout that day. Yeah. Police officers who you're supposed yeah. to be for, right? You're, they, they're yeah. on your side. Hey, respect it. As Charles said earlier, blue lives matter. So when those blue lives didn't agree with your attempt at a takeover, you looked at their race. You didn't see blue, you saw black, and you called them an N-word constantly, and they reported at the end of the day, when everything was settled down finally, they sat there and they broke down crying. What happened here? Don't tell me that this was not about race. Of course it was. Yeah. As a if, coach, if I can just jump he, in for Just be prepared. Yeah, we got one minute left. Shalice, then Charles. Y'all take the rest of the time. Go ahead. There was another tweet that he sent that kind of has gone, gotten swept under the rug. Somebody tweeted to Jack Del Rio that he was essentially, you know, according to the defensive coordinator of the commanders, white people storming the Capitol because they were upset about an election versus black people begging for agents of the state to stop killing them when they've done nothing wrong. And Del Rio quote tweeted and responded like, yeah, okay, and put um, an emoji of like a Pinocchio nose, like this person didn't know what they were doing. It's, the whole thing is just bad. It's, I don't, you know, he's saying the players, if they want to say something, they're not going to say anything. They're young. A lot of them are young players. He holds their career in their hands, essentially. They're not, what are they going to say? Charles, real quick, last word. Four hours at the Capitol. Watch that document. People should watch it and then decide for themselves yeah. if that was just a dust up. No, wh no. Why, why let the facts get in the way of your story? <laughs> why, 95%. Why, why, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't want to know what really happened. He just, Mike. Yeah. Hey, that was real talk by Capital One. What is in your wallet? I maintain, and I'm just saying, let's discuss. Shouldn't some <laughs> money come out of Jack Del Rio's wallet? I'm just throwing it out there. We're reasonable. Dumbass. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Mike, that just about covers it. Who you got tonight? Um, Boston? <laughs> How about you? <laughs> Golden State! Why you at? <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.